0: Welcome, everyone. My name is Nood Chor uh, from Bangladesh Angels, and we're very excited to have our friend Ali Fahad from PacLaunch here today. PacLaunch is a global community of Pakistani entrepreneurs, professionals, and investors. PacLaunch started as a single WhatsApp group in April 2020 by seven friends to explore investment opportunities in Pakistan and the larger MENA PT region. The platform has since grown to 300,000 members, hosted three major tech conferences and 300 plus events, and facilitated 80 plus startups, raising $80 million in the last two years. They're now planning an unconference in Dubai, where top 50 Pakistani entrepreneurs, large family offices, and Pakistan-based investors will be coming to Dubai for two days to meet global investors, I think in about less than, less than two weeks, less, about a year, week and a half, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, Ali is the uh, has Head of Strategic Sourcing at a Bay Area tech startup. He's previously worked in engineering, product management, and operations for tech companies such as Amazon and Juniper. He has an MBA from Cornell and an MS in Mechanical Engineering from Southern Methodist University. Um, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Bangladesh Angels.
1: Absolutely. Super excited. Good to yeah, see
0: you guys. For sure. And um, super excited to talk to you and, and learn more about both PacLaunch and, and obviously the Pakistani ecosystem, which I think we can take a lot of lessons from. Uh, we like to do this with an, a, everybody who joins us in these conversations. Uh, where did you grow up and what did you want to be when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was born in, uh, in Lahore, uh, but my father was in government service. So I moved around quite a bit. and I was stayed in one place. Uh, I went to Ghulam uh, al Khan Institute, GIK, is one of the engineering schools, private engineering schools in pakistan so i started mechanical engineering uh, and i came to us in uh, uh, 2001 um june 2001. Uh, growing up i was um you know i i always wanted to be an engineer um and i i always liked working with hand and and uh, I, I really was interested in automotive uh, i was interested in uh, in in building stuff with hands um, so that's what led me to engineering school, did my undergrad and then, uh, came to us for my master's. Uh, and I have been here ever since moved around within the U S quite a bit and uh, been in the Bay area for the last seven years, working for tech companies in different roles. Uh, so that's been my career journey.
0: Excellent. And, you know, also this is also something in, uh, <laughs> uh, in our kind of ecosystems, you know, people like to ask each other, what would you say is your superpower?
1: I think i I always was. Uh, I've been in roles where I've had to interface with a lot of suppliers, a lot of customers. Um, one of the things that I've been told before, you know, a, a word about myself has been super connected. So somehow I've always been super extrovert and I've always stayed in touch with friends. So I'm still in touch with friends that I went to you know, primary school with. So um, I think over the year, I've just built a lot of repository of friends. Uh, and I've always stayed in touch with them. Um, so the ability to just uh, connect people and connect the dots um, and it has been part of my day job as well uh, that has helped grow the, the network quite a bit. Uh, in, my, in my role as uh, in strategic sourcing, I work with a lot of tech companies in the Bay Area and in, on, around the globe. Uh, my focus is more on the semiconductors, so companies like Micron and Samsung, uh, Texas Instruments of the World. So my, my role is to be the window for them and align our roadmaps with them and develop new products and come up with new technologies and products. Um, so you have to keep ear to the ground and have to have a very nice wide network. Um, so, you know, that has really helped me uh, grow my overall network, uh, which also helped with Park Launch later on.
0: I guess that adage of you know your network is your net worth, uh, awesome. And and then just you know maybe then segueing to the launch of Pack Launch, um, the launch of Pack Launch. But yeah, I mean just that story around you know obviously a few friends kind of coming together over WhatsApp during the pandemic. Could you just just walk us through like the the initial kind of genesis of the platform?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, so I went to Masar Hassan in Pakistan. Uh, which is a really small private engineering school is considered to be one of the best in Pakistan. At least at the time I was there it was probably number one. Uh, at one point uh, we had out of 120 people in my batch, 11 of them were in the Bay area alone. Um, we have close to 30 folks in the U S and a lot of people outside uh, Pakistan. They all moved out a, a pretty big percentage. So um um So with um, you know when you know we always have been like any diaspora community we always have been discussing how to give back especially when you come from one of the emerging markets so we've been discussing for the last twenty years how to give back to Pakistan and how we can help Um, but when COVID hit and we had a lot more time on our hands uh, with six other friends uh, from the same batch in GIK uh, we started uh, Park Launch and the idea was we will discuss investment opportunities in Pakistan. Um, now, Atif awan who's one of the VCs at Indus Valley Capital, um, you know, he was my batchmate. So he was doing rounds, uh, raising the first fund uh, in Bay Area. So I ended up being an LPNS fund. And that also was one of the motivations. And we said, okay, we have invested with Arthur. Maybe there are other good startups that we can invest directly into the startups, and maybe we can mentor startups. So we started with um with seven friends. And then it kept growing. Other bashmen started joining. Initially, it was very, very GIK is how we call Ghulam al Khan Institute. Uh, a lot of friends came from the same school. But then we thought everyone is from the same school with engineering background. Why can't we open it to other folks from other schools? So we started adding people from, you know, some of the other universities from Pakistan. People started adding their own friends. Um, Then we said, you know, everyone is just Pakistani, why can't we open it to non-Pakistanis as well? So we met with, you know, Rahat Ahmed, for example, from Anchorless, Bangladesh, she joined. We had a lot of other friends from different ecosystems who have started to join our network uh, for the last uh, couple of years. So that that was, the the genesis was just um, to explore, you know, investment opportunities, how we can help the startups and increase FDI into Pakistan.
0: And I think, you know, certainly I think I hear kind of similar elements of one kind of tapping into the diaspora's desire to give back and second, kind of, you know, building a virtual community around it. And also just curious from a more of a tactical standpoint, what platforms or channels have you used to build that? I know you work across a few mediums now. Yeah.
1: So we started as a WhatsApp group for the first six months, we were just using WhatsApp group, we started with one single WhatsApp group. And then we started to have discussions around education, how we can, you know, so what does startup need, right? So they're looking for funding, they're looking for um, you know, the talent pool to come into the startup. So we we created a specific group around around that, around education and ed tech. And um, you know, we started to get, you know, folks on from different universities there on how we can train people to come into startups. Uh, we were graduating a lot of uh, students, but the, but the idea was like, what about improving the quality of uh, those folks and upscaling? Uh, and it's uh, I think WhatsApp is still our primary a community that we don't advertise, it's invite only. We have uh, 54 WhatsApp groups across everything under the sun. So we have focus groups on agritech and fintech and AI machine learning and crypto talks groups. We have real estate groups. Uh, FinTech, um, so you name it, and, and there is a WhatsApp group for it. Uh, then we started to go on social media uh, to champion because Pakistan has had a big perception issue, uh, especially with the global investors. So we thought maybe um, you know we we could utilize uh, social media to spread about Pakistani news. So we started with LinkedIn, but now we have presence on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. We have a you know close to two hundred thousand folks. Uh, we have we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter. Recently, we went on uh, TikTok as well, uh, and then we created this website that you're looking at. Um, initially, the goal was that it would be a repository for different datas and and information, um, but more importantly, is today is being used uh, for startups to apply for funding. So if you if you click on that, interested in raising funds, um, you know it would. Uh, um, so if, if you go down on this, uh, on this website, you will see three different, uh, um, you know, verticals. One of them is for the investors, one of them is for the startups, and then one of them is for the professionals. Uh, for the startups, um, we came up with 25 questions where a startup can come and fill out our application. Uh, these questions that we came up with, they are uh, based on, there are four large accelerators globally, YC, Techstar. Plug and Play and uh, you know, China Accelerator SOS Suite. So a lot of these questions are based on it. Once you fill this one out, it takes you 15 minutes to fill it out. It will give you a score from one to 10. Um, the idea is over time, somebody can take this questionnaire. It will tell you your score from one to 10 and uh, in different buckets, it will tell you where you scored low and where you scored high. So for example, if you are an e-commerce company, Score is two out of ten. Your chances of raising of raising money is ninety percent. Uh, it also could give the data like within e-commerce or fintech. You know you are at the bottom twenty-five percentile of all the startups that have applied. So so far we have uh, close to two thousand people have applied using on our using our website. Um, but as you know, with any data mining uh, AI-based type of a tool, uh, it's based on the the data points. So uh, our goal is eventually we will use that data to be you know to predict the chances of you know, startups raising money and which startups are more successful than others. Um, so our process is a startup applies on this website. We get um, hundreds of people apply every month. Uh, we pick up five seven of them. We have sixteen mentors globally uh, who will do um, you know, who will speak with the startup one on one, and if they uh, if they really believe you are ready to go. Uh, for the demo day every month you bring in two to three startups to raise money uh, or introduce them to investors so there is no fee for us but we want to make sure we only bring the best of the best so out of 100 only like two startups could make it to that stage um, but before uh, we introduce them to the investors so their chances of raising money is pretty high Uh, I think that's why our overall hit rate is pretty high
0: that's quite, and, and then what happens post-demo day? What, what sort of, you know, follow-ups happens? And is, it, is the onus on the entrepreneur or the investor?
1: So what we do is we uh, do it fully transparently. We create a WhatsApp group. We introduce you to all the investors who will be attending, and they can start asking questions beforehand. We even have had scenarios now uh, recently, uh, we create a group at the beginning of the week. End of the week, we'll be doing the demo day. There's only two startups, two different WhatsApp groups. Sometimes we do one WhatsApp group, and we have had scenario where a startup came in. They were trying to raise uh, two fifty or three hundred thousand dollars. We created a group on Tuesday and Thursday. They call me and say they already have raised money uh, from some people on the group. So uh, because of the credibility that we have built in, that um, only very few startups uh, could come and pitch. And if we are not ready, we would not bring two startups, we'll bring just one startup.
0: And what are the, um, and and from there, just curious, you know, could you talk to some of the companies that have raised recently?
1: Um, You know, some of the, like we have had over 80 startups. Most of the funds in Pakistan, there are five large funds, four of them have raised money through us Um, because they haven't publicly disclosed, I can't share it, I'll just, if some startups names who are publicly so MedIQ, uh, they raise money through us, uh, they raise $1.8 million. It's in health tech space, is the largest pre-seed money raised by a Pakistani female led startup. So there is $1.8 million. Uh, and they there is a decent chunk from Park Launch. There's a company called K-Trade. Uh, it's Robin Hood of Pakistan. Uh, they have raised uh, money through us. 24-7. Uh, it's a it's a B2B. Um, you know, in the e-commerce space, they have raised uh, money through us. So uh, the money does not flow through us. We are just like enablers or or introducing investors to uh, to the startups. But you know what, money is one part but uh, why a lot of these startups come to us we are starting to get startups who have raised 10 million dollars. now they're coming to us for series A. One is um, they want to you know raise some money, uh, and some folks have raised few million dollars through us, but more importantly, they're coming for the um, for the connections with the diaspora, uh, and and a lot of these folks have become board members in their companies, or they have joined them as advisors. Um, we have a lot of people working in in uh, you know Pakistanis or non-Pakistanis in tech companies as VPs and directors at Google and Facebook, and so they can bring just more than the capital. They can actually help the startup grow, so that's why a lot of the startups come to us.
0: And and do you find, um, you know, this is an interesting question question around kind of the next steps for pack launch. And you and I have spoken a bit. I mean, do you find that there's opportunities now, given the network you built, the credibility you built, and the pipeline you built, to, for example, get into you know SPVs, fund management, things like that?
1: You know, we have um, explored that. Um, you know we haven't uh, turned it on but more and more folks are saying you know why don't you create your own uh, like fund uh, we have helped create a lot of uh, angel syndicates so there are eight angel syndicates that started from park launch that we have connected them with you know different uh, different entities who have helped them set up angel syndicates to to invest in startup uh, but ourselves we don't we don't do it uh, i think it's more of a we have a very, very lean team. I think it's more to do with the resources part, but that is certainly one of the, the possibilities. I think we are hearing more and more folks saying, why don't you you know um, enable creating those SPVs? And uh, that is one of the things we are looking at in 2023.
0: I think it's also kind of, because I think it's primarily a Bangladeshi audience that's in the room. And I think it's also you know important to kind of then take a 30,000 uh, feet kind of back uh, view back into the ecosystem as a whole and just maybe make some comparison points with Bangladesh as well. Um, you know, one of the question, you know, one of the things I've kind of learned going through the website and the many webinars you've done, obviously Pakistan has an extremely large, but, you know, the f- fifth largest country in the world, but an extremely young population as well. Age 22, I think it was the, the median and, and very good mobile p- penetration rates. I think 103 million plus some of the cheapest mobile uh, rates in the world um, or at least in the region. So curious for, for, you know, within that kind of context, when did the ecosystem start uh, by and large in Pakistan? For example, for us, it's been 10 years ago.
1: Uh, I, I think within Pakistan, we have had some early successes even back in the 90s. So Netsol was the first IT company when even I was going to school uh, that went IPO on Nasdaq. Um, you know, it was a Pakistani company based out of Lahore that, uh, um, you know, that, that went IPO in US so that was one of the big news but i think it really has taken off on um, the tech startup scene per se in the last um, 7 8 years uh, i would say i think uh, that has to do a lot with the whole uh, you know 3G and 4G um, you know licenses that the government issued and and the transition to uh, the 4G um so a lot of uh, new companies have come in and really like just a few years ago we only had 50 million uh, broadband uh, penetration um and now it's like almost doubled in matter of just a few years. Uh like you said, we you know have you know twenty two million um you know two twenty million population. I think one of the differences I think between Bangladesh and Pakistan is probably even the size of the the population, right? I think Bangladesh is what 160 or 170 million if, if I'm right, somewhere there. Um I think you know Pakistan and Bangladesh were like neck to neck, but in Sri, Pakistan just took off. Although I think we have grown quite a bit in in terms of the size and and, and just the overall size. But I think in terms of uh, the tech uh, scene, um, you know, until even a few years ago, until like 2017-18, uh, the total amount of funding coming into Pakistani tech ecosystem was just ten million dollars. Uh, until like two thousand and and you know twenty one, where it really really broke up. And it went to like 350 million dollars so which was like 5x of um you know the amount of funding that came in uh in the last previous five years so um or, or it was more than the last five years com- five years combined uh and then 22 we did again 350 million dollars which are in public domain like i personally know of a lot of startups that have raised money that have just not been announced yet
0: and, and that's also interesting i, I think That was also the case, I think, for Banalash for a very long time. You know, you've been like 2018, 2019, it was like 20, 30 million. Uh, What what accounted for that inflection point, let's say, around like that pandemic period, 2021, that huge kind of boom, I guess, in the the amount of venture capital, including international venture capital that was going into Pakistan?
1: I think it was a combination of uh, several things. I think one is just generally, globally, if you look at the trend, uh, I think the money was becoming more easily readily available. So if you look across different ecosystems, I think the amount of uh, what investors were investing in in different ecosystems has gone up. So I think Pakistan was definitely a beneficiary of that. Um, but besides this, uh, I think Pakistan, uh, I think some of the policies taken by the government, like especially like a lot of, uh, you, know, the, you know, the banking license, the digital bank licenses that the government has given, uh, I think certainly has helped. Uh, also, the, you know, the whole, whole co-model opco co-model, um, you know, that they have uh, enabled some of the regulatory work that has happened. So now companies in Pakistan, even though we claim them, they're Pakistanis, they're all registered outside Pakistan. So they, they can keep their assets outside Pakistan, which is uh, definitely more tempting for a lot of foreign investors. Um, um, and then um, I, I think it was also Kareem has had a pretty big impact to to. Pakistan. So we have seen some exits, Uh, Kareem created so many millionaires, a lot of them were Pakistanis, and they have gone on to start a lot of startups. So Kareem, uh, you know, I I think it was acquired by Uber just like four years back, uh, you know, for $3 billion, and it created a lot of millionaires. And out of those, a lot of people have gone on and started uh, different startups. So just like PayPal, Mafia, I think, you know, Kareem Mafia has had a pretty big impact, Uh, in the whole region, but uh, specifically Pakistan, because Pakistan was one of their biggest markets. Uh, You know, uh, they had the most rights in Pakistan, that was their, uh, most of the gene talent was based out of Pakistan.
0: And and just thinking about, like, the operating system of the ecosystem, you know, curious for you guys, for example, what are some of those pipes? Like, for example, what are the main platforms for mobile payments uh, within the country?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I think, um, uh, you know, Jazz, Easy Passa was, you know, uh, one of them. Now I think State Bank has even started their own like payment gateway where, you know, have gone to all these different, uh, you know, banks and stuff and really enabled using uh, digital cards to, to make the payments. I remember like growing up or even the class five years ago, six years ago, like having a credit card was, it was not that readily available to people and um, you know uh, debit cards came in first and now pretty much everyone uses credit cards so just in the last few years uh, i think that has really taken off and the whole digital wallets and and everything else uh, to go with it Um, but i think state bank you know definitely under raza bakir was the, the previous governor i think had a lot to do with it with the policies
0: what about, for example, like the source of technology talent? I I read somewhere. I don't know if this is right. That twenty thousand graduates, CSC graduates a year, or something like that in Pakistan.
1: Yeah, Pakistan has um, um, like one ninety five or so universities. I last time checked under HEC, which are accredited universities by a higher education commission. Um, they are producing close to three hundred thousand graduates, twenty thousand CS uh, graduates. So the pool of uh, you know the folks graduating. Uh, and the tech talent uh, is, is huge, uh, and we are one of the largest uh, freelancing communities globally. So Pakistan is like I think top three in in, in the globe, you know, on Fiverr and and stuff. Um, so it's you know a combination of really young population, um, not having as many job opportunities, and and seeing um, you know tech as a way out. Um, so I think a lot of people have started to do freelancing and. Um, and uh, yeah, so we do have um, a lot of universities, a lot of engineering schools. Uh, over the last uh, 20 years, I think the number has like quadrupled in terms of the number of universities.
0: And one of the uh, it's interesting because violence also has a very large freelance population, also a very large, relatively large pool of graduates in um, STEM. But um... You know, one of the challenges that a lot of companies face in Bangladesh is uh, trying to get them away from remote work because you can earn good money working from your bedroom in Dhaka or uh, or going abroad which is the aspiration of a lot of these you know young folks is that also a challenge uh, for the startup sector in Pakistan?
1: I, I, I think so I think definitely in short term I think a lot of uh, startup do tell me like uh, especially good talent they can make uh, a lot more money freelancing versus coming into the startups but I think over a long period I think it does even itself out um, what helps with the freelancing though is you get to work with outside clients so you develop those work ethics and program management skills so as you're developing a larger and larger pool um you know the good startups are, are still able to hire their talent and they do look at the freelancing as obviously one of the one of the pipelines as well Um, So I think in the short term, uh, for sure, I think that's been a challenge. And a lot of the BPO and typical IT companies also have this complaint that a lot of funded startups are able to get the top talent because they're they're paying more money and the equity versus what they were offering before. Salaries in Pakistan have really gone up for for software engineers. Um, Just a few years ago, if somebody was making, you know, 100,000 park rupees, I think now a, a good software engineer could make, you know, four, 500,000 park rupees. Uh, so it's, it's gone up quite a bit.
0: For sure. Um, then just going into specific companies, so you mentioned the Kareem Mafia. So, what are some sort of key pivotal companies from the Kareem Mafia that sort of underpin the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, I I, I think, uh, I think, I think, does gear, um, I, I think, is one of the companies. I, I think there's, um, you know, Kareem has like over over you know 20 different uh, companies that have started like Jugnu is one of them uh, that have gone on to raise like over like 25 million dollars uh, Dasgir I think has raised a uh, similar amount um I think they they just come to mind but I think they have they have created like over like 20 plus different startups at different at different sizes um
0: Excellent. And, and once again, just for the benefit of the primarily Bangladeshi audience, maybe we'll play a little bit of startup bingo, in the sense that trying to figure out the equivalent that exists in Bangladesh and, and what exists in Pakistan. Oh. Um, so for example, in the grocery segment, you know, Chaldel is the big, largest platform. Um, you know, what, what is the equivalent in, in Pakistan?
1: Oh, so what what exactly is, uh, like, I'm, I apologize, like within oh. the groceries, like what? E-groceries? Do do or gro- Grocery delivery? Yeah, uh, I think the big one was that just when belly up was um, was uh, was A left, um, you know, th- you know they had raised over hundred million dollars. Uh, unfortunately, recently they, they they went belly up. They just ran out of cash. Um, but uh, you know th- the other companies as well that are you know providing uh, like Crave Mart is another one. It's a it's a VC backed uh, startup. Um, you know, so th- they are doing like fifty minute deliveries for the for the e commerce.
0: Got it. And are there any, I mean, that was a bit of, you know, big news that came out, obviously when airlift raised their round, and then obviously last year when airlift went belly up, what are some, have there been any negative repercussions when it comes to, let's say, international investment into Pakistan because of that story or no?
1: So in, in, a, in a full disclaimer, I was an LP in a fund that invested in airlift. So, um, but in airlift itself, uh, I think definitely, I think it does raise some questions. Uh, I think there has been, um, you know, just like media in, in, in Pakistan, especially, you know, uh, they, you know, come up with all kinds of different news and a lot of speculation. Um, but I, I think venture itself um, is, so interestingly, most of the foreign investors I speak with uh, who invested in Airlift, there were some really big names. Uh, I think they understand that a venture can be Um, you know, it's just one of those investment that is high risk. Uh, And I think like we should understand that there's inherent risk with them failing. My concern was more of, uh, you know, family offices in Pakistan, Pakistani investors, because historically they have invested in real estate. So how would they react? Uh, And then in Pakistan, like we, you know, we don't take failure very easily. (laughs) So um, there there was a lot of repercussions. There were a lot of acquisitions uh, against the founding team. None of them have been proven but uh I, I think a lot of people have uh, have, have brought uh, questions up but but I do think um a couple of credit that I would I would give uh, on airlift is I think it was you know it raised one of the biggest rounds it just changed the whole game in Pakistan in terms of startups and how they were doing valuations so before airlift you know um you know people raising 30 40 million dollars in Pakistan was unheard of and uh, i think with airlift opening the door i think bazaar has raised now over 100 million dollars and raised a lot of money uh abhi has raised money on 90 million million dollar valuation so a lot of people you know startup did benefit from it secondly uh because airlift was able to raise a lot of money they were uh paying some of the talent really you know like top-notch salaries and packages so it kind of brought up overall salary for the talent and it attracted even folks who were going abroad they stayed back in pakistan to work in companies like ALF. um so so you know the people who have worked in ALF, they claim it was like google in pakistan pretty much that's the way people were treated like free lunches and 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 all the all the culture that is typically associated with google and some of the tech companies i, I think it's definitely uh um, makes it slightly more challenging for the global investors, uh, especially in the short term. But with the whole co-model, uh, you know, we claim them to be Pakistani companies, but a lot of them who have raised money, they actually uh, are set up overseas. So a lot of companies are set up in Singapore or in Dubai or even in Delaware. So a lot of them, their accounts are outside Pakistan and they pull in the money in Pakistan as needed. So if you're getting the money in dollars and you're spending in Pakistan as needed, Actually, the devaluation might actually help you. Uh, it's challenging for the investors because when you pull the money out, it unfortunately you know goes down. But uh, I think one way to do it is um, uh, you know maybe you know through the secondaries or through um, you know uh, you know pulling it out of dividends over over time. But uh, yeah, in the short term, it's definitely uh, a challenge for the global investors. But again, if you're keeping a view on on long term. Uh, I think it, again, uh, evens itself out. Uh, Pakistan, rupee, for those who don't know, I think has really, you know, taken a nose dive. So it has, you know, gone down like close to like 30, 40%, devalued over just few months.
0: And does that, like going back to that discussion we had around hiring, is, is does that mm. also see implications in hiring in terms of, let's say, dollarizing salary contracts? Uh,
1: um, yeah, I think it does make a difference because like if you are getting paid in dollars uh, through freelancing versus in Pakistan, you're getting a fixed park rupee salary uh, over time, I think it would uh, go, you know, go down. Um, so, yeah, it does make it challenging for uh, for Pakistani companies to, to compete. But again, um, you know, as this talent is getting more and more trained in the freelancing and they're looking for stability of a job, I think it's creating a larger pool of trained um, that keys. So I think uh, for the ecosystem, I think it's a good thing.
0: You know, I want to also ask from the Bangladesh ecosystem to the Pakistan one, right? And and uh, you know, like for example, <laughs> one question is, you know, in Bangladesh we've got one Y company, to company, Taldal, and that was almost ten years ago that they went through. I think in Pakistan it's at least ten plus, and and most of them have come through in the last three plus years. You know what? What it is it about Pakistani companies uh, that have been so successful in getting through to that program, and uh, you know, and that's been one gateway to international capital, like Tajir, for example, right?
1: Um, uh, I I apologize. Maybe I, I couldn't. So your question is, how come Pakistani startups are able to get into the into YC program?
0: Yeah, yeah. How how come they've been? What are some traits that have made them successful in getting in?
1: Yeah. So we uh, I think altogether just on our WhatsApp groups. There are 17 Pakistani founders uh, in YC, just, just on One groups. A lot of them are, you know, we define them as, as Pakistani, or, you know, startups. These are Pakistani, you know, led startups um, who might uh, be completely Pakistani Americans too, right? So a lot of them are are those. Um, that's how the number is high. But um, I, I think it always uh, takes just first few people to go in and mentor the other to apply and the process. Um, there, there are multiple platforms who try to help with that. So we have national incubation centers in Pakistan in all the big cities uh, that government started. Uh, and the idea is to you know really encourage uh, entrepreneurs uh, within Park Launch, um, like I mentioned, we have you know 17 YC uh, startup founders. What we have done is we have done two different webinars uh, just on that topic alone. So what we did was we brought in like three YC um, startup founders in one webinar, and then we repeated it with another set of three folks who came and you know, shared their experience, how they apply it, and introduce those people to the wider audience. Now, our community enables these people to stay in touch with other founders, uh, and we have a lot of founders on our groups. So then they can reach to these people and get guidance on how to apply into YC. That also helps. You know, it's sometimes it's just knowing who's already has gone through the process and mentor you. So uh, I think just connecting those people back to the ecosystem, uh, I think helps. Uh, you know, we are planning to do the same thing with Techstar and SOSV as well uh, at the event uh, in Dubai as well. But but our idea is to, to you know, uh, share uh, how to get into all of these big uh, accelerators and incubators globally.
0: Another question, so you mentioned the corporates and it was quite earlier uh, around the kind of, I guess, the local corporates and family offices and you know, one, I, I do remember making a presentation to the board of a very large company here. And, you know, the, the first thing I said about startup investing is it's money you, sh- you should be able to afford. To, it's money you you can afford to lose. And they said, oh, no, we don't ever do that. We don't lose money. <laughs> so that was just like the the challenge from the get-go off the gates. But, you know, how are, and, and yeah, they have challenges. Uh, I think there's a lot of local capital waiting in the sidelines here because they don't, one, they don't see a path to exit. Second, they can't get their heads around valuations. How has it been within Pakistan? Because I see exactly. Examples like Fatima Gobi Ventures, for example, where you do have examples of local corporate-backed VC.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's uh, in Pakistan. I think that's also one of the questions that we are exploring and how to increase, um, you know, the pool from the corporates and and these family offices in Pakistan, um, because one is, um, you know, with all the geopolitical and and concerns within Pakistan and devaluation, a lot of these family offices have their money stuck within Pakistan uh, and they risk appetite. Uh, or understanding is different and they can really help startups based on their own connections, right. On the traditional businesses. I think it has been slow time, you know, it's been very slow coming, coming up. But what I do see is the new generation of these family offices, like Ali Mokbar, you know, is a dear friend uh, from, from Fatma group who started Fatma Gobi. Now there are other family offices who have seen some success, and they look at like, you know, again, I'll go back to Bazaar and Airlift and these startups who have raised money on valuation that these family offices have never seen before. And they see like how these startups, you know, are able to raise money and success, breed success. So there are a lot of family offices are coming in. Just like on our event at uh, Unconference, we are seeing unprecedented interest. So for example, AKD Securities, they do like $35 million dollars like a year top line, uh, you know, in securities, your marches are thin, but they would be coming in. We have packages group who started Lums University again, like seven, $800 million yearly revenue. Mahmood group is in garments and textiles, 700 million. They all are now investing in uh, slowly, but but they are. Um, so um, yeah, I, I, I think it's because of the success some of these startups have had. And uh, especially with the recent one, which I'm really bullish is with the cloudways. So there's a startup for the folks who don't know recently, there's a startup completely bootstrapped uh, out of Karachi, uh, just got bought by DigitalOcean for $350 million. So uh, it has created like, you know, several dozen, you know, millionaires in Pakistan who will go on and hopefully start their own businesses. But now a lot of these, um, you know, family offices are looking at that. And they are seeing this acquisition with like $350 million. That is very tempting, completely bootstrapped. So um, so more and more uh, people are coming in, but it's been pretty slow in our job because, like you said, they don't know failure and venture investing is new to them. Uh, but we target them. Uh, so a lot of these folks are part of our community. Uh, some of the like wealthiest families in Pakistan are like Harshu Group. Um, you know, Jhangi, Group and all of these are part of our community, and they'll be coming to the Dubai event as well. Um, but the good thing is, you know, we are raising awareness with them, right? So you need to build your community. You need to share information with them, uh, and over time, when they see the results, uh, you know, that definitely helps. Like the, the investors will only continue. You know, they can only buy the story about venture investing only so long, right? At a certain point, they need to have exits. You know they need to see that how they make money. So that's why the news with Kareem and Cloudways, or even EMPG, uh, which operates as Zameen in Pakistan, is a unicorn. So like a lot of these companies now are giving confidence to to folks mm-hmm. to invest. And, and, I mean, in those
0: examples, I guess um, they've been mostly, I guess, international M A, like Uber buying Kareem or DigitalOcean buying the company you mentioned. Uh, do you see a Do you see a path for let's say regional, let's say Dubai or MENA-based companies or even local MA or even IPOs in the future, in the near future?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think unfortunately our, our IPO process right now, it, You know, uh, I, I think the government is trying to work on it and trying to create, uh, you know, gem Board is something that uh, Pakistan Stock Exchange recently created. So uh, the CEO of Pakistan Stock Exchange will be coming to our event as well to share that. But it's more around, um, you know, exiting on the, as you know, the valuations for the startups are completely different than when they go IPO. So they're valued by the investors completely differently on those two. So um, I think we need to train some of the startups to go IPO. But so far, I think exits are starting to happen. Um, Like, uh, you know, Pay's financial recently was acquired by Zute. Um, Like we spoke about GoZion. Uh, we spoke about Cloudways. Um, you know, Kareem. Even though it's not technically Pakistani company, but we 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 just uh, own it <laughs> somehow. We, we take the ownership of it uh, because a lot of uh, the founders and a lot of the management team was from Pakistan and based out of Pakistan. So uh, I think we just need to, yeah. as long as we are showing the exit path, I think uh, I think intru- investors would be interested.
0: I think we're at the end of our time, but Ali, you know you're a huge inspiration to us. I think for our community forward to one well, meeting you and, and hopefully collaborating together more in the future, but thanks again for, for taking the time today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, my just last uh, marks would be if if there's anything we can do to help uh, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or, or through NerdJour. Um, But if you're raising money and we can connect you with folks as free as, you know, our goal is to help people. And I, and I think, uh, uh, if there's any role we can play, just 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 use us. So, um, thanks for this opportunity, Nader. It's been a pleasure.
0: Likewise, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, everyone. Cheers.